Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, witches, warlocks, and kin of all kind. Thank you for listening in on Earth to Ether. Today, I want to take a little risk and talk about that big hot topic that nobody really calls by name because of, like, censorship algorithms and stuff, but the COVID, or as I'll call it, the Corvus, perhaps, having to do with the raven, that image connected through the plague doctors of the middle, medieval ages, uh, who would wear the beak masks. So I think there's an interesting linguistic connection there between the COVID and the Corvid. The Corvus. Anyways. I don't want to start a fight or convince you one way or another, so we'll just skip all that. What I want to ask is just a simple question. What have we learned? Through it all, um, not necessarily any specific political or biological fact, but rather, what have we learned as a species? What have we learned as humanity, as a society, and as individuals? We've all been through a gauntlet, and everyone's context a little different for some. It's been the isolation for some, literal life and death. For others, um, action against injustice in the world. For others, uh, intense social communication arenas. And and still others have, have suffered around the world in the ways that they have always suffered around the world. And what I wonder is if something like this happened why but not just like oh you know this thing happened and that thing happened and this happened abc but like what what purpose could it serve you know if if humanity if one of our most defining traits is that we survive really intense things extinction level events you know we 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 take meaning from that and we we create over time myth um but by, by creating meaning from those experiences, we're able to, to learn, we're able to, we're able to process, for one thing. But also it can inspire us to make changes. You know, if a house falls down, you, you build it up better, you build a stronger foundation. And if we're honest, the foundations of our civilization have been kind of rotting away for a while. And not that there's any particular specific thing I'm advocating that would fix it all with this new system, but if we look at the, the values that have been um, heightened, you know, through our sort of um, cultural motif, um, you know, it progress, um, wealth generation, capital, um, you know, scientific advancements. Um, you know, there, there's again, there's there's lots of of positives and negatives, but in general, there's this sort of almost upwards focus into abstraction, like we're trying to dominate the earth and then escape from the earth. Um, but there's no real connection to the earth. I know that's that's sort of still 
still somehow a, a fringe thing to be connected to the earth. Um, I think it's finally growing in popularity, but hmm. the key here being that when and anthropologically, whenever you look at a society and see its values, its values are usually represented through um, its myths, its traditions, its taboos. Um, but those values really shape society and they really, um, they're seen in how that society relates to each other, to themselves and to their environment. And, you know, you don't have to scroll very far down Instagram to see an ad for like a crisis in Yemen or, you know, th there's, there's things that have been happening that are really bad and like wars that continue and, and ecological disruptions that are unnecessary that continue and like clearing out rainforest to put in cows to grow coffee beans for starbucks back up north you know like that's you know it's stuff that we that that continues to happen that just sort of flies under the radar we don't care or there's it seems like there's nothing we can do um but caring matters and if, if enough people care, we can shift the value system of our society. And when the value system of society is shifted, then the ways the powers of that society express are different. You know, like, could you imagine all the power of the mighty capital of the 1% the of billions and trillions, you know, it, rather than being focused on, you know, perpetuation of fracking for, you know, oil margins of resource extraction, you know, those, all, all that capital was invested into, you know, like, like green technology or, or, you know, social programs that really uplift the well-being of all people, you know, like ensuring everybody has, you know, housing and access to clean water and food. Like these are really basic things that humanity has really dropped the ball on for a while now. And, you know, there's a lot of great things about the way that the world is, but there's great things about the way the world was, you know, when humanity was connected to the environment in a much more profound and spiritual way. And because of that sacred reverence for the environment, there was an inherent harmony. There was, there was, there was respect and also the environment gave what was needed in order for the people to thrive. And I know, I'm not saying we need to go back to like wooden spoons and like churning butter in the dirt to, you know, do a whole Amish thing or something, you know, all, all respect, but we've, we've come too far, you know, and, and unless there's some sort of like crazy plasma disaster or a solar pulse that fries all the electronics, we're not going back to the stone age anytime soon. Um, also, if that did happen, that would be bad. There's some signs that that might potentially happen. So maybe get on that homesteading while you can. It's really, you know, it's already a good idea to, you know, live on the land, but, uh, yeah, if we had some EMP problems, that would be an even better uh, thing. But I think all the podcasts would disappear, so I'd be sad about that. But, uh, you know, maybe put it onto VHS or a floppy disk or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
the levity. We need levity with gravity. You know, we need to we need to smile along with our frowns. And I know this time has been hard for for everybody. And you know, it's 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 already so much of an ask. We're like, oh, like we've just you know barely hung on or survived or you know pulled through. You know, now you want us to save the world, like. You know, where do you get off the bus, sir? <laughs> um, but if we look at, like, why why we're here, you know, and like, what is <laughs> what is the world coming to, and also what will it become as the future, you know, encroaches? Um, you know, we don't have to get into specific climate models or whatever, but like. Everyone kind of knows that, you know, stuff's going on, right? You know, we passed 2012 and we passed, you know, and then 2020 happens and then, you know, Australia caught on fire and the, and the COVID, COVID and, uh, oh God, so much stuff. The Amazon burn, a whole, a whole bunch of crazy shit happened. You know, you were all here for that. Um, guys, gals, other friends. Can we do better as a species? Can we make, can we, can we care enough? Can we build, oh God, I don't want to say build back better. Can we, can we rebuild and regrow in a way that like, ev everyone has the basics of what they need to be, you know, a human being? like shelter, food, and water? Can we make it so that, you know, resource extraction practices, which are you know, very much proven by now to have disastrous influences on the local ecology and pipelines and all that stuff, can we just stop? Just, just, just stop that? Or at least divest in a way that is like, um, not just like incremental, you know, carbon offset dollar by dollar, you know, just cooking the books basically, but, actually actually do it with heart like actually have that that goal and that vision of like you know we we actually do have the technology we do actually do have the capacity to utilize different things uh to to make the world like unequivocally a better place right like the the tesla solar panel tesla solar panel um rooftop tilings are are now cheaper than you know, regular rooftop tilings. Like that's an example of where, oh, like the value of this thing and how it's been made in society and basically capitalism has been correctly applied to create an innovative solution that is, you know, good for the environment, good for the citizen, actually makes them more money if they sell power back to the grid. Like it's, it's just, it's good in multiple aspects, you know, and it's cost effective, right? And we know that our society cares about cost effectiveness, cares about wealth. So, you know, if we're not just gonna rewrite everything and just become, you know, neo-pagans tomorrow, um, or rather techno-pagans, because we'll have, you know, that, that respect for nature and deep understanding of how literally important it is to our survival, and also having, yeah, this like advanced technological capacity to, you know, yeah, bring forth the best of everything our civilization has built and will build. So 
for me, I, I, I like that's my goal. Like I think that is something that's very attainable for us that we can get to. We just got to shift our values and like, you know, like like learn that you know if a society goes through a cataclysmic event, whether it's a plague or a volcano or like something something wild, and they survive, like like that that's almost in any other age of history they would have been like oh that's a sign from the gods you know that that's a sign from the spirits that you know we've gone gone off track somehow that there's there's something that was really not right maybe we just built the town in the wrong spot but like really like seriously they would they would take that seriously they would they would look at that um and see how they quote unquote displease the gods and you know like what that means in in modern parlance is like where where are we out of integrity you know especially as a collective where we're out of integrity where we're not taking care of certain people where we are you know allowing for um you know destruction and injustice and all these things both the human beings and to animals and plants and minerals and, and and other aspects of the planet that are really important and you know we want to go to space we need to stop like oh god bringing our our like colonialistic warlike tendencies with us of like ah, i'm gonna make a nuke in space and some laser beams and then i'm gonna go out and conquer space and it's like do we ever stop to think in a larger time scale and see how our thinking as individuals is shaped by our thinking as a society is shaped by our culture is shaped by the the epoch of time that we're in we look at things different than somebody in the 1920s and much different from somebody in the 1720s you know and there's you know there's this idea of like evolution and process and progress and all these and all this stuff but there's also like it's very important to not become too egocentric and think that you're just smarter than all your ancestors because that would be a very grim mistake to make my friend um you know every human being has has value in the capacity for for wisdom strength power knowledge love and recognizing that i feel like is is part of the solution you know, both in terms of like, oh, maybe we should have more respect for the ways of our ancestors and the things that they taught us about the spirit world and about reverence for nature and how those things might actually benefit us, you know, even if they're working in unseen ways that we, you know, can't immediately grab with a microscope, but in the impact and results, you can actually see change. It's like, oh, maybe there's a reason that, you know, people who had their shit together did this for like 5,000 years in a row uh, because it works. So I think we need to, to look at that and reorder our values and also see, yeah, we are in a constant state of change and transition. We are in a sort of weird transitional phase where a lot of things are chaotic, uh, but that also is a sign sort of like the caterpillar who's made of chrysalis and is currently like melting and molding and remolding inside of this like gooey crystalline mass hasn't become a butterfly yet. So there's a lot of breakdown. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of, you know, I think they say it's like one or two percent of the butterflies DNA, uh, of the caterpillar's DNA is like butterfly DNA. That's like, hey, I'm a turn to a butterfly. The other 98 percent of the caterpillar is like, I'm a caterpillar. I'm gonna be a caterpillar forever. I'm gonna munch these leaves and I'm just good. But then when it goes to the molting process, that 98 percent freaks out, and the two percent is like, hey, it's okay. We're gonna be a butterfly. And the 98 percent is like, oh my god, I just got a caterpillar. No, I don't want to. Ah, you know. 
but then when, by the time that process is done, the transfiguration is complete, and then the butterfly emerges, and it's like, oh, what was I so worried about? Or wow, all that all that suffering really paid off, you know? And I guess that's why that's how it comes back to, you know, this world, this world stuff, you know, is that we've we've been through a lot of suffering, and you know, it, when we look at the patterns of history and the patterns of story, and is that you know, if you go through suffering, that can actually be a force of transformation that can take you to a new state to the one that you were in before, something unforeseen, something uh, with potential, something that, you know, you almost couldn't imagine beforehand that's, that's better than you thought or somehow a change of state. And I think it's, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it to not just look for meaning, but create meaning, create meaning out of our suffering, create meaning for it and let it serve a purpose. Let it transform us into something new. We know we can do better as a, as a species, as a society, as the, the caretakers of the earth grandmother's children and as responsible grown-up human beings you know if we want the 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 power and the respect and the authority and all these things that we that we think we deserve then we also need to show that we're worthy of that by using that power in a way that ensures the harmony of the system that we're a part of and we are a part of a system. We're part of a big interconnected system on multiple layers. That is perhaps the single most important thing to understand and is worth taking time to study and contemplate all the different ways that we are connected to everything within and without. And yes, there are systems that like to separate and say things aren't necessarily connected because of this and that and that and this, but again, you look at the impact, you look at the results, you look at the actual effects in reality at the end of the day, and every domino is connected to the other. Just like the trees might seem to be uh, distinct from each other and different kinds and different spaces apart from each other, but once you study down into the soil, you'll see the mycelium networks, like, like spider webbing branches of mushroom consciousness are connecting in physical form, they're connecting all of the roots, all the different plants and the trees, and they're acting as this, this medium, this, this communication interchange that's, you know, sharing information and nutrients and hormone signals and causing different changes. So the trees are able to speak to each other through the mycelium network, and they're all part of a greater forest. The moment you step foot inside the forest, the, the, the impact, the ripple of your footprint on the mycelium sends that shockwave out through, and just like a spider web, the whole forest knows that you're there. And maybe that's amazing. Maybe that's spooky. It kind of depends on how you look at it. But even if it is spooky or amazing, I think that's because it's the kind of feeling our ancestors used to get with the woods, with the wild, with the universe, when they said, hey, this thing is alive. 
The planet is alive. The plants are alive. The animals are alive. The stones themselves have life, even if it's in tectonic time. And we, if we treat the world like it's dead matter to be played with for whatever end, we're going to act in a certain way and have a certain impact on the world. But if we see you know, life as sacred and, and really all of the material universe as having a kind of animistic consciousness to it, a kind of life force and inherent value, it, that changes how we act and changes the, the, the net result of our impacts. You know, and you can, you, can, you can mine for diamonds, you know, in either way. How you mine might be different. You might be taking into account different practices. Maybe they're more expensive, but ways to, to offset, you know, your, your, your stuff, offset your pollution and make sure it actually doesn't cause, you know, a negative impact. Or you, you know, actually reforest properly after, you know, clearing some woods and you actually allow the proper time and you take, take more care. Point is that philosophy has a deep impact on our culture and how we see things, believe things, and um, act as individuals. So I think it's a time for a, a, a revolution in consciousness you know as as uh you know to, to quote or paraphrase einstein um yeah a, a problem cannot be solved with the same level of thinking as that which created it you know, so if we're in a world that has all these problems you know we're still applying the same kinds of solutions to those problems as we always have you know maybe that kind of works maybe it kind of doesn't work but you know if we just keep doing that, it's kind of like that that insanity loop. You just keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. And I think it's it's pretty clear from looking at the signs that you know a paradigm shift is occurring, and it has been you know sort of having birthing pains for a while now. Uh, that we need to we need to evolve. We need to expand our, our paradigm, our consciousness, and make room for a more coherent picture of reality that actually accounts for every part of reality, every part of phenomena and experience. Um, and that that becomes true wisdom as we apply that kind of um, metaphysical omniscience to caring for the world. That's where the pedal hits the metal. That's where knowledge becomes wisdom, you know, through the experience of applying it. And yeah, I think it's a good time. So, you know, if you're a, a political leader or influential person, then, you know, there's a lot you can do uh, directly. That's probably quite obvious. Um, but even just in, in your individual life, you know, as a listener, just, hmm. Yeah, examine your own paradigm and you know see what it accounts for, see what it leaves out, and see if there's places that you could change or update it in order to yeah account for the full spectrum of your experiences, um, you know, in in a meaningful way. And yeah, basically that it that it has you know hopefully some 
ethical thread that will, you know, make your life better and the lives of all the people around you and the planet itself. And it's just, it's it's a it's a critical mass tipping point kind of thing where it's just everybody does that or enough people do that and then we have some hundredth monkey effect and then everybody cares about the world. And I mean everybody does care. So maybe it's not even an emotional thing. I think it's partially emotional. I think it's also belief. I think it's also like a mental, you know, uh, philosophical, you know, scientific, almost theological sort of thing where it's like our, our metaphysics so our philosophy of like, hey, this is how the world really works deep down. Um, that really defines what we think is possible and what we'll even attempt so I think our metaphysic is currently uh, like materialistic dominant and not accounting for yeah spirit subtle um, you know which are also values shared of like natural life force um, so like caring for nature and spiritual reality at least to me those seem to go hand in hand because they're both sort of yin kind of feminine qualities you know in the context polarized of like young masculine qualities in which we might see in this context as like the sort of um you know flashy skyscraper you know you know dropping bombs very young um hollywood very, very you know outward expressive explosive kind of energy that is inherent to the west in kind of everything we do um you know, and so opposed to that is this implosive, you know, yin, more like, yeah, more, um, yeah, more, more, more pagan or more like traditional kind of, uh, yeah, nature-based, uh, mystical, mysterious, uh, view of, view of the universe. And it's sort of like a day-night cycle, but integrating both of those is, is kind of the, the magic key. That's the thing that ever, that, every alchemist ever is trying to actually do and every good um, social engineer is also trying to do uh, is harmonize society. And I think it's safe to admit that our societal philosophy has been predominantly young. You know, sometimes we call that, that patriarchy in, in, in certain aspects that that expresses. Um, yeah, same vibe, like it's it's... Yeah, it's explosive, self-explanatory. So it's a good time for us to bring in the yin, bring in the feminine, bring in the natural, bring in the the organic, the mystical, the unseen. Like that aspect of human consciousness is, I think that's what can save us like long-term because it's too much of this, you know, overbearing light is... Um, pathological and I think when we see so many areas of injustice in the world I think we're seeing symptoms of that pathology like on a large collective scale and how that how the pathology of that system then you know inflicts its symptoms onto people all around the world um, and it's not it's not some like simplistic thing but taking a wider view of the themes because um, we can see, you know, the opposite in more traditional societies uh, that do have different values and do have a higher connection with, with nature. Um, 
and tend to have very, very good sustainability and also like high well-being, high quality of life and like happiness, you know, and even if they don't have all the luxuries of other people, they do have, you know, some other things and, you know, but also not to get too generalized. I, I think we're, we're aiming for a happy medium of taking good care of ourselves and having access to clean water and all those things, but, um, you know, also being innovative, but also remembering where we came from. So I just invite everyone to, you know, think of where you came from eons ago, you know, your grandmother's 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 like all the way back and realize that even though things like the tools you use and the clothes you wear and the languages you speak have changed, what we are as like human beings, like physically and spiritually has sort of always been. And as much as the experiences you might have of, 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 of love and fear, of joy and tragedy, of all the ups and lows and, and highs and downs of your life and all the things that we put so much power and stock and conviction into, that other people, not just in, in this time, but in other eons past, also experienced those things with just as much or maybe even more fervor and, and, and depth of experience. So we have a lot more potential than we might be aware of, given that, yeah, we spend most of our sort of mental lifetime inside of this particular paradigm. So this has been your PSA, letting you know that there is a paradigm, there's a paradigm shift, uh, and you can contribute to this paradigm shift um, by really taking the opportunity wherever you're at, whether you know, joy or sorrow has been sort of your mark to, to look inwards and to find that place that knows what you are, who you are, and where you are. The part that knows that the story goes on. part that knows we all go on and that no matter what you are here now and there is something in that silence and center and you know what you are capable of and that just like every other time in the past when things seemed wild you didn't know how you'd get through, or even if there would be more to come, and yet you did, and you're here, 
And you may not know what's coming tomorrow around the corner, but you're here now. You didn't know then, you might not know now, but guess what? Tomorrow will come and you'll turn that corner and then you'll be here and now. And that is all you really need. Being alive. Having this orientation. And everything else is optional, added on, everything else is stuff we think about around the experience of being here now. So let's think about <laughs> reality in ways that will help us help reality be the place that we know it can be that it really is deep down a place of connection a place of potential and a place of love for all. Thank you. Thank you for listening in on Earth to Ether. And I wish you all a most tranquil, rejuvenative, and inspiring evening. Good night.